Welcome to the podcast here, originating from the Greenbrier in West Virginia as the Texans are in training camp. It's year two here for the Houston Texans, and I thought it would be nice to catch up with the director of public relations of the Greenbrier, Cam Huffman, who is a longtime golf guy. He used to work for the PGA. I believe I have that right. In fact, let's get the fact-checking going on <laughs> right now, Cam. Am I right about this? I did. I was a newspaper guy for... Um for most of my time, I worked in uh, Aiken, South Carolina. I, I, did, I have definitely covered a lot of golf because I was in uh, in Masters territory down there, and then I can't, came back here and plenty of golf here as well. So yeah, I've done golf. I've done. So you covered the PGA. I did. I, I've covered college football. I've covered, covered a little bit of everything over the years. Because so. I do enjoy talking golf with you, and obviously golf is a huge topic here at the Greenbrier with all the great courses and the PGA tournament and everything. But let's talk football first, Cam. It's year two with the Texans here, as we said. And the Saints were here for three years, correct? Correct, yes. And what was it like? Were you here when the Saints made the deal? I, I was actually working in newspapers at the time, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of covered the story when, when the Saints made the deal. But, yeah, it was, it was really an interesting story. It all kind of came about with, uh, through golf, as, as you mentioned, when uh, Sean Payton was – he played in um, – he actually caddied for Ryan Palmer. He was just, just – uh, had some time off, and he loves golf, and he – Knew Ryan Palmer and came and caddied for him. Palmer's caddy was out that week, so he he, he caddied for him here. And uh, he was kind of looking for a place to have training camp to, to move to a cooler climate and uh, kind of a remote location. And when he saw this place, he, he thought it was perfect. And uh, he talked to our, our owner, Governor Justice, it wasn't wasn't governor at the time. but Right. Um, and uh, they, they worked out a deal to build this facility, and the Saints were here for three years and had a, had a wonderful time. And then when their contract ran out, uh, the Houston Texans stepped in, and we're, we're thrilled to have, have you guys. And it's been a, a wonderful experience and, and great having NFL here in, in, in West Virginia where there's, there's never really been any NFL football before. So. Now, on this piece of property, which is magnificent, this is a great facility for an NFL team, and people have seen the videos and everything on HoustonTexans.com of it, but what was here before this was here? There was nothing here. It was just uh, just uh, just mountains, it's part of kind of the uh, the off road trail that you can see in the distance. This mm-hmm. was this was sort of part of it as well. So there was there was nothing here at all, and it was is pretty amazing how quickly it became a football facility. Now you had that spring league here as well. That was last year, I believe. It was last summer, yes. And what was that like? It was good. I mean, it was uh, it was something different. You know, we try to figure figure out a way. You know these training camps are wonderful, but then the the facility sits here the rest of the year, mm-hmm. so we try to figure out some ways to to keep it active. And uh, the, the spring league came in; it was it was something new and different. And they had you know some some pretty decent talent out here at times, and uh, had a lot of fun with it. Um, it wasn't something that, that that we decided we wanted to do long term, but it was mm-hmm. it was a good experience, and and so, you know just just something different for fans to come out and see. Give me a snapshot of some of the other NFL teams that have been here and some of the college teams, because I know the list is uh, it might not be that long, but it's longer than people think. It is. Uh, the uh, Arizona Cardinals came uh, a couple years ago during the season. They had uh, back-to-back East Coast games, and instead of flying the East Coast and flying back to Arizona and then coming back, they decided just to stay here in between the games, which which I think worked out pretty well for them. Um, they were able to, to practice here and, and not have to you know go back and forth in time zones and adjust to that time change. So I think that, that worked well for them. And and we've had a couple other teams inquire about that um, as well. We haven't had any any actually come yet, but I think we probably will in the future. I, I mean, it's just a, mm-hmm. a move that makes sense for for teams when they're when they're on that type of schedule. But um, college wise, we've we've had a lot. West Virginia a couple of years ago actually had their spring game here. Um, they were doing some some remodeling to the stadium. Couldn't have the spring game in the stadium, so they came and had their spring game here. We had a huge crowd for that. It was wow. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, 
uh, and Marshall and West Virginia have both practiced here at times. Uh, just, just kind of they, they've done some things to travel around the different spots to try to try to reach. You know, the, some parts of the state are pretty remote, and it's harder harder to get to games. So they try to, to reach out to the fans and come a little closer to them and have had, had practices here. And it's been wonderful. And, and, and even even youth football. Uh, the, the floods a couple of years ago kind of washed away our, our youth football field in downtown White Sulphur Springs here, and so they've been for the last couple of years practicing, uh, having their football games up here, which is obviously a thrill for those kids to, to get out here on the same field that the, the Houston Texans use. So it's been it's been good for a lot of reasons, and, uh, and we were we're really excited about about what we have with the Texans right now. This is something in common that this area has with Houston, of course, recovering from recent floods and just being around the area off the property of the Greenbrier. I see some of the effects of the devastation and some of the great stories of people recovering from the flood and people helping people. What was that whole ordeal like? And it was, what, a year and a half ago that it occurred or two it years? It was two years. It was uh, June of, of 2016. Um, it was, I mean, it was, as, as you guys know, having gone through it, it was horrific. I mean, it was, uh, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And, you know, we're there 23 lives lost and it just, I mean, countless possessions and, and, and memories and, and family members that were impacted by the thing but it's it's also been a great story to see the way that the, the community has come back from it i mean uh as as has happened in houston but i think it's 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 even a little bit different in a small town to see everybody mm-hmm. kind of come together and see that the outside help come together and, and i also think it's been incredibly heartwarming to see the connection that the Greenbrier, not the Greenbrier itself, but the people who love the Greenbrier and have been to the Greenbrier have with this town. When, when it all happened to people like, like Bubba Watson and Jerry West and Mike D'Antoni and even Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal and people who have just been here over the years that wanted to step in and help and, and stepped up and, and did so much for this community. And it, it's it's been wonderful that, that the, the way the community has rallied. I think it's, they've, it, the whole experience has made it stronger. Mike D'Antoni, head coach of the Rockets, and he owns a place here, right? He does. I was looking for him today. I, I know he's he's in town. I was thinking he was going to be out here today, but I haven't seen him yet. But uh, yeah, he's a he's one of our our biggest spokesmen. He he's wonderful about this place. Loves it and, and is always willing to spread the word for us anytime he can. So we're we're always happy to have him here for sure. And so impressed with the job he's doing in Houston right now. How did Jerry West become involved with the facility? Well, Jerry West is is a West Virginia native and a, a, a you know. A, proud West Virginian and and you know when 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 West Virginia natives are looking for that that have reached you know Jerry West status are looking for a place to go and there's no better place than the Greenbrier and, and Jerry West has actually always kind of been familiar with this area even before the Greenbrier he uh, the state fair is in in uh, August right down the road in Lewisburg and he's come to the state fair for years and years and years and just uh Always, you know, wants to keep a connection to the state that, you know, he grew up in and, and kind of made him and, and the people here love him and, and we love him here. And, you know, his, his relationship with the Green Bar kind of expanded when, when Jim Justice bought the place. And, and the first thing he wanted to do, one of the first things he wanted to do was add a steakhouse. And uh, mm-hmm. no better no better spokesman, no better person to put his name on the steakhouse than Jerry West. And, and Prime 44 West is definitely our most popular dining video right now. And it's uh, – it's a lot of fun sometimes to step in there and see him walking through there, and the, the collection of his memorabilia in there is unbelievable as well. So, Oh, it's fantastic. All right, before we get to the golf, there's a tennis facility here as well. There's a stadium, right? There is. Tennis actually in the Greenbrier's history is a little bit older than golf. We've had tennis here longer than we've had golf. We used to, It's moved around. It used to be out on the front lawn, and it's moved different places. But uh, we have an excellent tennis facility. We have uh, five outdoor courts, uh, clay courts. Um, and five indoor hard courts, as well as the stadium that we built in t- 2015. Um, 
2,500 seat stadium, and we have a uh, an exhibition each year and bringing huge names. We've had everybody from Pete Sampras to um, uh, Andre Agassi, uh, John McEnroe, just just anybody in the world of tennis. And, and this year, we we're happy to have the Williams sisters in September. We'll have mm. have both of them there as long as well as Kevin Anderson, who made the uh, finals of Wimbledon, and uh, Marcos Bagadis. So. Uh, we're going to be an excellent event here in September, and we're really looking forward to that. And yeah, yeah, tennis is tennis is big. I think tennis, uh, you know, overall in, in America has lost some popularity, but it's still it's still a uh, still big here, and we we that we are really proud of that event each year. Need those American men to continue to step up. That's going to help the popularity. And Absolutely. the Williams sisters have done more than their share of the uh, of the heavy lifting and getting tennis to uh, to get where it was in the '70s and '80s. Tell me this though, the golf tournament. What's happening with that? Well, we're moving to the fall next year. Um, it's been we we started the ter- we had a tournament here since 2010 um, mm-hmm. as part of the FedEx Cup schedule. It's been 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 wonderful, been a, a great experience for us. Um, but th- this year, the PGA Tour has, has reshuffled everything, and we're getting moved to the fall. Uh, still don't know the exact dates. We're expected to be late September sometime, but still waiting on the PGA Tour to give us those dates. So. It'll be a change for the tournament that's, that's typically been held over Fourth of July weekend. But you know, all, all we can do is is figure out how to make the best of it, and that's what we're trying to do now: is, is nail down the dates and then figure out how we can make it as as big as we can. As a guy who has covered golf for a long time and then worked now working in the business of golf, what do you think of the changes they've made moving the PGA Championship earlier in the season? You know, I, I have kind of mixed emotions about it. Uh, I mean, I think it's smart probably to try not to c- compete with football. Is obviously you're you're never going to win that battle, but. Uh, I, I hate to see anything, any any big events before the Masters, and I, I think that's you know the Masters mm-hmm. to me is kind of the, the start of the season when everybody really starts thinking about golf. So, so uh, I, I'm not sure about about uh, moving the the players before the Masters. All right, so it's going to be players, then Masters, then PGA, U.S. Open, British. Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, I can I can be all right with that because don't you like the players as sort of an hors d'oeuvre for the Masters? You know, you'd rather just go right into it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess so. But I just I mean, it'll be interesting to see how how golf fans adapt to it. You know, the kind of I mean, obviously the the diehard golf fans like like me and you will probably be watching no matter what. But but the casual fan I think usually you know looks forward to the first week in April and knows that's when I'm going to start watching golf with the Masters. So it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get that golf fever before that. But. Uh, yeah, it's it's new and different, and anything new and different kind of takes some time to see how it works out. Um, you know, obviously from from our perspective, I probably would have preferred to stay in the summer if we could have done it. But I, yep. I think the fall will be good for us in a lot of ways as well because you know, um, in in the summer Fourth of July week, Fourth of July has been popular at the Greenbrier for a century. So right. uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna have big crowds. We're gonna sell out the hotel Fourth of July with or without the tournament. And maybe the fall is a, a time when we wouldn't have otherwise. So maybe oh. the, the, the tournament can help us, you know, fill, fill out the hotel in a time when we, we might not have otherwise. And the Houston Open is moving to the fall as well. So this is interesting. They're in a major transition, the PGA Tour. All right, so tell me, fans in this part of the state, are they Steelers fans? We're not that far from Charlotte either, but i got to think the Steelers are pretty entrenched. Yeah, I think, you know, there are some, some – Bengals fans and some Browns fans, but I, I would say, yeah, definitely the Steelers are, are the majority of the fans in the area. Um, it, you know, a lot of a lot of the people in this area went to, to WVU, and, and Morgantown is an hour from Pittsburgh, so mm-hmm. I, I think that that kind of uh, has made most people Steelers fans. And obviously, the the success that the Steelers have had over the years, the, the continued success that people stick with them long term. So, yeah, it's definitely Steeler country for for the most part, but. It has been fun to watch how we have have picked up some some Houston fans. You know, you go in a, into one of the restaurants on a Sunday, and the, the uh, 
Texans are usually on somewhere and people are watching them, so it's, it's been fun seeing that happen. Kind of a hometown thing. So we talked to Jim Justice last year on the radio, and he's very interesting, and he coaches high school basketball in addition to being the governor and owning the Greenbrier and whatever other businesses he has. He does, yeah. So he manages his time well, it appears. <laughs> well, I don't know how he ever sleeps. I'm not sure he does, but, it, yeah, it, basketball is an absolute passion for him, and he um, – when he first talked about running for governor, that was my first comment to him. I was like, how are you going to give up basketball? And he, looked, he, <laughs> he looked at me like I was crazy and said, well, I'm not. I said, well, okay, well, that'll be interesting to see how that works. He did coach both the boys and the girls teams here at Greenbrier East High School in town. And, uh, he gave up the boys. He's only doing the girls now, but uh, still loving it and still still makes every practice and every game. And it's, it's, it's funny how he manages his schedule, but uh, it means so much to him. I, I can't imagine him not doing it. So he owned the Greenbrier first, then ran for governor. What was that whole campaign like, working here and observing this race going on? Well, it, it was interesting, to say the least. You know, it, it changed a lot because he really, um, becoming governor and even during the campaign, tried to step away from the Greenbrier as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of changed the way the way things are, are run around here. And uh, he gave basically the control of everything to his daughter, Jill, who's now our, our president. And um so it's it's been different not seeing him as much, but we still see him from time to time, and it's 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 been a transition, but it's a it's a good thing for the state, I think. I mean, he he's so passionate about West Virginia and wants to do the the, the right thing to to help out here, and you know he has no other reason to be governor than to to help the state. It doesn't it doesn't do anything for him. He has everything else he wants as far as prestige and, and power and money. So it's it's he's doing it only to help West Virginia, and hopefully he can. He can do some good things. What's it like here in the winter? I see that indoor pool. It's really cool. It's kind of like it's an old-style indoor pool, really. You feel like you're in the 40s or something when you're in there. <laughs> it is. And the, the, the pool's as old as the hotel itself. It's the, the tile, actually, in that indoor pool has been there since 1913 when they built the, wow. the current Green Bar Hotel. But uh, it's a... Uh, it, it's the winter time is, is special. It's 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 di- very different from the summer. Obviously, it's not mm-hmm. not golf dominated. You can't go out there in the snow and play golf. But it's uh, especially around the holidays. We do what we call sixty days of holiday cheer, which begins November fourth and runs through, through January, where the hotel is decorated with thousands of lights everywhere, and we do have uh, just a lot of different activities to kind of celebrate the Christmas season. We have a big tree lighting every Saturday, where uh, we sing carols, drink hot chocolate, eat cookies in the front circle, and then. Santa Claus comes and uh, gives the command to light up the green briar, and the lights come on. So it's, it's a lot of fun for families. And, and it's another thing that I mentioned earlier. Families have been coming here for, for years and years and generation and generation. And in Christmas time, Thanksgiving, New Year's is, is one of those times that um, that families traditionally come and, and year after year. The rest of the winter time, especially you know, into February and March, is a little slower than normal, and and we're looking at ways to try to improve that. That's that's the one time where we're, we're kind of slow around here, and and so we're looking at some different things. There's been some talks about p- putting some skiing in on the mountains over here, which which might help draw some people to the Ooh. to the area. So so always looking at what we can do to to keep it packed year round. Now on the website it says since seventeen. What's the year? Seventeen. Seventeen seventy six. Seventeen seventy six, which happens to be when the Declaration of Independence was signed. <laughs> so the resort was open then, or what was it then, Cam? How does it date back that far? So we use that date because that was the the first um, the first date that we documented anybody coming to the area to take the water, so to speak. That's that's what kind of started the whole the whole resort was the the the, the White Sulphur Spring. And people felt like the spring water had rejuvenating powers, and it was a cure for rheumatism at one point, people believed. So uh, they came to the area to drink the water, to ba- bathe in the water. And that's when people first started coming by stagecoach to, to this area. And then it, it just kind of grew from there where it became you know, word spread, and it became kind of the, the – 
the place to be for for southern you know um, politicians and kind of mm-hmm. they, they would come here um, to kind of escape the heat, get up in the mountains, uh, kind of like the Texans are doing today. So right. uh, so it, it grew around that, and uh, it, people first started coming in tents, and then the cottages were built. Some of the cottages that are still on property were the original buildings. The, the first part of the resort were those cottages. Wow. So uh, it, it, then um, there was another hotel. Um, in the 1800s called the Old White, which is where the, the name of the golf course, the Old White, comes from. It was built before the current Green Bar Hotel. And then um, it, and that no longer exists? It no longer exists. It, it, for for about a period of about five years after the Green Bar, the current Green Bar Hotel was built in 1913, they both existed side by side for about five years, and then they, they tore the Old White down, and, and the Green Bar was, was on its own. But Now, you look at some of the old photos in the hotel cam, and I see some big names. I mean, in the 30s, is it? In the 20s and 30s? So how did it get popular with some of the Hollywood stars and the sports celebrities of the day? It was just kind of... um it was just kind of the the place to go, you know. Even even today, you know, there's there's certain places where you always look for celebrities yep. where, where they they all want to go, and, and and it just kind of became if you're a big if you're a big celebrity, that's the place you have to go is the Greenbrier, and, and and it was you know there weren't as many resorts then, and it was the the one resort that everybody kind of knew about, and uh, and people came, and and it, it's just. Uh, the golf courses were incredible. You know, we had a great association with a lot of the, the older golfers, Arnold Palmer and Gary Player, and, and they drew people in to, to kind of come, you know, celebrities to play on the golf courses. So it just became a popular place to be, and it, it's still that way somewhat. I mean, we still have uh, some big-name people come in from, sure. from time to time, and uh, you never know who you're going to see around the property. Well, who are some of the big stars in the 30s? Name drop for me a little bit, Cam. Well, I, I, um, I know – I don't know about the 30s, but the different era. <laughs> I know, like Bing Crosby, uh, the, you people know, those, like that. Those, okay. those kind of people were were, were always here. Um, yeah, and um, you know, the, the the Duke and Duchess of Windsor were were here a lot. The, the, oh uh, yeah, our, uh, the the kind of the upscale wing of the hotel is called the the Windsor Club is, is named after them because they they were here all the time. We've had 27 presidents visit, so uh, it's you know the the top you know, you know politically. Over the years, we, we've had a lot of, you know, the Republican conventions and the Democratic conventions and, and a lot of, you know, senators and, and those kind of things have been here over the years. And, and uh, I mean, pretty much if you if you look back over the years, every every celebrity you can think about in the, in, you know, the early the 30s and 40s and 50s was here for sure. And, and athletes as well. We have pictures of, of, of Lou Gehrig out on the course and, and Joe DiMaggio and just, right. just about anybody you can think of. So. How did the bunker get started? How did that come to be? Well, the bunker came to be. I, I talked about the uh, the presidents being here. Um, I, actually, during World War II, the, the Greenbrier closed. Uh, the Ar- army bought it, and it became a, a hospital for the for the army during World War II. It was called Ashford General Hospital, and um, we treated treated uh, thousands of soldiers over that time. And uh, Eisenhower came a couple times, uh, uh, General Eisenhower at the time, to, to to check on the soldiers and kind of come visit. And he he just kind of. Uh, Loved the place and, and continued to come back after the uh, you know the war was over. Uh, the the uh, army department sold it back to CSX, the, rail, the railroad company, and um, he continued to come and visit and just just loved the place. And when he became president, he had this idea that that he had to figure out how continuity of government can continue in in a, in the event of a disaster. So he had to have a place. He wanted to have a place for every branch of government to come and, and be safe and, and secluded. And and so he immediately thought of the Greenbrier would be a perfect spot for, for a bunker for Congress, and it was built. And there's a lot of reasons 
that that it worked out perfectly. It's it's you know not too far from DC, so it would have been easy for for them to get here quickly. It's in the mountains, so at the time when you know bombs weren't on GPS and that kind of things, they were right. dropped from planes. The mountains helped kind of disguise and hide things, so it was a it was a good good hidden spot. And um, and also the uh, the relationship with CSX was a big reason for 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 the the bunker here because the government was already making a lot of payments to CSX for for different reasons, so it was easy to kind of hide the, the money trail. So um, and, and as well, they, a lot of our employees. Were, were had security and worked in the bunker as well, so that just just having the staff on hand was was a big reason for it too. But it was a it was an active bunker up until the uh, early 1990s, so it was a, a big big part of our history, and it's still the bunker tours today are our most popular activity on, on the Greenbrier campus. What's the biggest attraction outside of this property in the area? I like those caves. I've been to the caves before. Yeah, the caves are cool. And then um, Lewisburg, I, a few years ago, was named the, the coolest small town in America. So it's just mm-hmm. the uh, Lewisburg has a lot of history and a lot of charm. It's just a you know you're, you're the typical small town that you might see on a movie or, or in a book right. somewhere. And, uh, no, it is very charming. And and I asked people there why, and they said because of the college. And I thought, what college? It's the College of Osteopathic Medicine. I had no idea they were so artistic and cool at the College of Osteopathic Medicine. <laughs> yeah, West Virginia School of Osteopathic Medicine. And, and it's uh, it's been here for years and years, but it's continued to grow and grow and bringing in, in more people to the area. And and, and I think, um, you know, we talked about skiing earlier. Um, there's no skiing right here in, in Greenbrier County, but pretty close. You know, within an hour, there's a Snowshoe Mountain is, is one of the, the best best skiing spots on the East Coast. So okay. that, that, that helps draw people to the area. And, uh, you know, the tourism is huge here for a lot of the outdoor type things. Whitewater rafting up to the road in Fayetteville is, is huge. Um, on the uh, New and Gali Rivers, it's, it's some of the, the best whitewater rafting in, in America. So, so those kind of outdoor activities really, really bring a lot of people to the area. Well, Cam, we really appreciate you visiting. Thanks so much for being with us on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's Cam Huffman, Director of Public Relations for the Greenbrier here in West Virginia, where the Texans are spending training camp in 2018, their second training camp here. Thanks so much for listening, and check out all the other podcasts, The Deep Slant, Drew Doherty's In the Lab, and, of course, Texans All Access radio replay podcasts as well. Have a great day, everyone, and go Texans!